And here we go. Very exciting hey, guys. Welcome to episode 106 Woo! of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore number five, and my fellow host has Kevin Costner as his bodyguard. So you know we're actually going to fail in this draft. It's Big Tuck. I, hey, spirits and dwarves, dwarves and spirits. Uh, I went on recently. Are you a Kevin Costner fan? I know you like draft day. Spoiler alert. I like draft day. Um, what's the other like big Kevin Costner movie? Like the untouchables or JFK or, um, I don't know. He's done a million. I know. I, I know I like him as an actor. He's just someone that I can't like just other than draft day. I can't yeah. put him in. I a mean, movie. he was oh, in, like, obviously the bodyguard. Yes, exactly. That's the one. Um, so I kind of went recently on a Kevin Costner binge. So also my dad. So I, when I heard the bodyguard and I see Kevin Costner, it's like, what world does this exist? My dad actually met him at Lance Armstrong's house back when my dad was working in the corporate world. He met him, he saw Matthew McConaughey, and he met <laughs> Lance Armstrong all the same day. And I was like, dad, why was your dad at Lance Armstrong's house? Because he was down there for some like finance thing. I don't know. You know what? My dad's like a spy. I'm like 90% convinced about it. I also am 90% sure he killed, he killed my cat, but that's a different story. Um, so he was <laughs> Wait, like- Wait, Mr. Bubbles? No, 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 no Sasha, back oh. in the day, yeah. I oh. don't think you ever, I think, I don't, think we knew each other like physically didn't know each other before that but anyways that doesn't matter Probably so not. he was like no kevin costner's like a big dude he's like that my dad was like yeah he's like a big kind of intimidating guy when you meet him in no person. i'm dead serious so uh bodyguard sucks and then uh i've been getting i've been actually played golf today because my dad sent me my clubs up here and i've been i kind of went on this like weird golf binge where like i've been watching like long drive long drive competitions have you seen the one where like the Taylor made pros try to do the happy Gilmore swing? <laughs> no, it's actually pretty great. And tiger crushes it. Of course. Um, of so, course. so then I watched pushing tin, which is like his golf romance movie. It was, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, this is so bad. Good Lord. It's so bad. But anyways, <laughs> how are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, just glad the week's over mm -hmm. pretty much. Uh, super excited for the three day, maybe four day weekend for me. Um, you know, just fiance is going out of town and I don't, I don't know what to do with myself. Cause usually it's Friday, you know, you work till five or six, uh, she comes home, she's still exhausted. So she's usually in bed by like maybe nine or 10. Sure. I stay up till usually one or two doing stuff. And then Saturday, we usually spend the whole day together. And then Sundays when I play like cards with the boys or if no one's around, maybe hop in the discord, but she's gone all weekend. And like even tomorrow, she's literally coming home and immediately leaving uh, to head out west. So, uh, you know, it's like I hit up a I hit up one of my buddies, Big Eric, to be like, hey, do you want to go see Shang-Chi oh. uh, in the Ten Rings that comes out tomorrow? OK, uh, he was like, ah, well, my daughter's already taken me. So it was like, crap. All right. Well, uh, well then, take, your, take your son too, you asshole. Yeah, for real. Uh, so, yeah, it's you know, it's. It's going to be an interesting weekend because I just I don't really have plans, but I have all this free time and I'd like to do something and not just veg at home. It's, it's almost like now I have too many options yeah. and I have too much freedom uh, and I, I don't know what to an do ex, with it. An, so. ex, an ex girlfriend called it the buffet of options. And it's like when you go to a buffet <laughs> and you're like, well, do I want the chicken? Do I want the fish? Do I want the pizza? Like, uh, I can't decide. Point. Analysis paralysis. And then it'd be like, you always well, get the pizza. You always get the pizza. <laughs> Actually, I was pretty proud of myself. Uh, I had to pick up a replacement COVID vaccine card today uh, for our Italy trip because I've just take I took a picture of my first one and threw it threw away. away. Yeah. Um, 
And I guess in Italy, they need the physical one. They won't look at a picture. So I had to do that. And I was like, you know what? Let me uh, see what Labor Day food they have on sale. You know, maybe there's some meats or sure. something that I want. And uh, I did not make it past the salad bar. I was like, you know what? I have not physically taken food off of a salad bar in maybe two decades. Maybe longer. Where was this at the Maybe Walmart? my whole life. No, uh, this is the Price Shopper at 75th and Metcalf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, went over there. It was like six ninety nine a pound. I think my salad all in was ten bucks, and it was mixed green spinach, black olives, broccoli slaw, shredded carrots, yeah. fried chicken. Uh, I think I threw some egg whites and egg yellows in there. It was, turned out to be pretty decent. Nice, good. Yeah. Now, now you can tell your doctor to suck it. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> with the fried chicken and the salad. Well, if you guys want things that are not quite fried chicken, but maybe more fried chicken talk, uh, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, we do have a new patron to announce. Very exciting. A new member of the Squeeze Choir, Ted Wallenston. Hey, Ted. Uh, Stein. Thank you. Thanks, Ted. Uh, question, are you perhaps, I don't know, 18 inches tall, maybe weigh seven pounds, maybe six, recently was in a movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg, the movie Ted. Oh God, the bear. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, no what? No one knew where I was going. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for joining. Can't wait to talk to you in the Discord and hopefully we get to play some games in the quarantine battlegrounds. But everyone for who isn't aware, uh, our patron community is fantastic for literally just a dollar a month. You can get into our Discord and you get entered into a slew of other just rewards. Uh, but the 5, 15, and 25, we actually do give you some merch, uh, whether it be RK post tokens, mats, sleeves, coins, uh, actual gold, like custom tokens that we've had done. The Seriously, the rewards are just endless. Definitely join. Plus, that money that you guys give us every month help us upgrade our equipment so that way we could start giving you even more content. Now, if you're a current patron and uh, you recruit someone from your LGS, a frenemy, or maybe even a family member, or hey, that homeless guy on the corner, uh, have them join via Patreon and have them shoot us a message saying, hey, XYZ hooked me up, told me about you guys, so I decided to join because we'll actually hook up you, the OG patron, with an extra reward just for growing the collective because we are a disease and we need to grow as fast as possible. It's like uh, the Borg or uh, trying to think of a game you played. Isn't that the that's like the thing of destiny, right? Aren't they like a sentient disease? Uh, the Vex? Yeah. No, the, I don't think the Vex. Well, the Vex are just like sentient, like robot type things. Oh, OK. Uh, you know, more what I was thinking of is the Johnny Depp movie uh, Translucent or Translucent Trans Transcendence. Transcendence. Yeah, yeah. Where he yeah. kind of like takes over everyone. That is what. You know what? We need to get Johnny Depp. He could probably use the money with all the legal battles with Amber Heard. Uh, we should get him to become the face of the collective. Oh my God. That'd be incredible. <laughs> we all have to wear 39 uh, bracelets, bracelets and 15 scarves, 12 belts, and at least a pair of very worn out brown, looks like working boots, but you know they've never seen a day of work yeah, in their life. That they're, and they're like $5,000. <laughs> uh did you know that he has his own like city or town in france so i think do you know the reason why though because he like, because of his alcohol consumption because he has a he has a crippling wine addiction that back in the heyday was like 60 grand a month that's what he spent on wine 
See, the insane thing about that is you could see here 60 grand a month, and it's like, God, you drink way too much wine. That might just be on six bottles yeah, of wine. I was just gonna we say, don't know. Right? Who knows? Oh, man. All right. Well, see, this is what you get for joining and listening to us we're, is random nonsense where we talk about magic. We're a little and somehow end up we're, at Johnny Depp's wine crippling it, addiction. It's a, it's a it's the weekend. We're a little punchy right now. It's all good. It's OK. Uh, but hey, uh, if you can't join our community, but you would like to actually pick up some of that swag we talked about, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. There's a redacted bit that I am legally not allowed to mention. Uh, hashtag, I don't know, suck it tuck. Sure. Well, you're the redacted bit uh, connoisseur. Connoisseur. I feel, like whenever, I, I feel like whenever you feel the bit's redacted, you're just like, hey, that's a redacted bit. Yeah, that's and okay. just it's redacted. iron. Yes. It's in okay. stone. That's fair. That's a great point. <laughs> Great point. But if you guys can't help us out financially, just share the content you're watching or listening to because every little bit of interaction from you does help. And of course, we have to give a great shout out to our audio editor at Dear Squee on Twitter uh, or Dear Squee at cmdtower.com. Uh, Squee McGee does all the editing for Bruise and Builds, MTG Action 4 News, and any of the other special episodes that we do put out. He does have a full studio, so if you are ever in the Kansas City metro area or want to travel in maybe for a Magic Fest that could come in 2022 and you want to get some jam time with some guitars and some drummy boys, uh, hit up a uh, good old squee. And this video was brought to you by T-Coats oh. at underscore T-Coats. Uh, yes, I tried to make that sound like an infomercial and I didn't have anything typed out, so I've now given up on the bit. Uh, Tyler is a awesome editor. He does editing for us. He does it for other content creators. He is definitely always trying to improve our videos. Um, so if you have ideas or things that you think could make it a little bit better, please leave a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Send us DMs. We want to make these videos something that you guys strive to watch, like Redacted Podcast. Excellent. So Brews and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32 and talked about some exciting themes that EDH can support, we've decided to mix it up for season three. Big Tuck and I will be doing a fantasy draft around commander decks Woo! with community voted legends. So each of us will do the following. We will pre-select 50 non-land cards, flip a coin to see who drafts first and go round robin until the deck is complete. If one of our cards is selected, the other has to remove it from their draft board. What about lands? We will be giving the total land count recommended and only talking at cards up to the available slots. No lands. And we're added in a little something different because we're going to kind of play with this till we find the right uh, format. The first 27 cards is going to be a snake draft. So whoever wins will go first. Whoever goes second will go second and then go third. And then it'll go fourth, fifth. So we just kind of snake around. So then that way, whoever gets to picks first has to pick last for the next round. But then the last five each of us do will be a lightning round. That'll just be boom, one after another. Um, and we're excited. So without further yes. ado, let's get brewing. Tuck, who did the community vote for? So we put four in. And I think it's funny that we, in order, the person... because I So I feel like I put one... For me, maybe you can follow this as well. I put one in I'm interested in and one that's like way out there, right? Oh, okay. So last time, the one that I was interested in, we ended up doing uh, the theory craft over. And then this time, you actually did the action for news of the one that you're interested, most inter more interested in, shall I say, uh, of the two you put in. Mm-hmm. 
So, <laughs> so, so that's interesting. I didn't even think of that. Uh, that's that's because. So honestly, the two that I had put in. So I, I guess we can uh, yeah. announce it. Yeah, yeah. The, the the two that I put in that did not get voted uh, or have the most votes was Draw New Lich Lord and then Tariel Reckoner of Souls. And honestly, what I'm what I'm trying to do when I'm bringing these community legends and I'm trying to figure out which ones I want to pick, I'm trying to pick ones that are really weird and probably mm. like close to Weatherlight Report like legend, because I think that's where it's like it forces you and I to almost kind of figure out and kind of like what I did on Droll New with the Weatherlight Report. Right. It's like, how the hell do we make this work? But then it's like, how the hell do you make it work? And now I have to actually pick all the cards right, right, right. for the deck. So that's kind of the angle that I'm going. But I like it that you're picking one to where it's like you're very interested in. But then it's like very, very out there. Yeah. And I did I did uh, Angus McKenzie, which I've actually seen before in real life. That was not fun to play Oof. against. Yeah. That guy, his mom was a judge in the 90s. So he had those like go to oh. lands or whatever they're called. Right. Um. So but the one that, the one that won is... I wanted to do a Boros, so we went with Hoffrey Ghostforge. So Hoffrey Ghostforge is a 4-5 legendary creature dwarf cleric. That's a mythic straight out of Strixhaven, uh, which is what the was one of, was what the sixth set printed this year uh, out of the <laughs> 10 that we've gotten so far. Uh, he costs three colorless and Boros. That's a red and a white. And he has spirits you control, get plus one, plus one, have trample and haste. And then this is the real build around for me. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, exile it. And for the record, dies means it goes to the graveyard. Just because I had to look that up to remind myself today. Uh, if you do, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a spirit in addition to its other types. And it has, when this creature leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to your graveyard. So, so a lot going on. Very here. interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. So... Uh, one thing I thought we should do, Tuck, and I meant to actually tell you this to you before we start recording. I think because you and I go at this, you know, we we look at the card and then it's like, what are we going to build off of it? But we don't know what the other person's actually picking. Right. So what I think could be interesting for the audience is what is your draft strategy? How are you picking cards for this deck for your half? And then I'll do the same. Okay. And then that way people kind of get a little insight into why Tuck picked XYZ yeah, yeah. and why Mr. Combo picked Alter the Rude. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of good in here. Oh my I, God. I, it's, it's oh, my I was list. like, oh my God, if you do that, I'm going to be livid. Um, so I went at this in kind of a similar scope in the way that I have built my Marquesa, the Black, Road, Black Rose deck, right? A lot of like sacrifice shenanigans for value. Um, of big creatures, a lot of ways to kind of cheat big creatures into play, potentially at a discount. Um, that's like kind of my main thing is kind of doing like the dance between the graveyard and the battlefield. I think one thing mm. that's in here that's really interesting is that I think a lot of these sacrifice effects, which normally can be kind of detrimental, give you a lot of the value in um, in what Boros is missing in terms of like your ramp, your card draw, that sort of thing. So there's some interesting choices in there. Um, that's my first kind of main thing. My second is really focusing on either creature effects that cause them to sacrifice or enter the battlefield. Mm. Kind of continue to okay. do that train. And then uh, the last little, I, I couldn't decide if I wanted to go all the way in this, was a little bit of the, the gimmick that I've done in Marquesa where you may take something from your opponents and then end up in possession of it even after the turn ends. Oh, 
Interesting, interesting. So that's so that that's my kind of three my kind of three break my three key point breakdown. So I didn't I didn't necessarily break it down like that when I looked at it. Really, when I looked at this, you and I are on the same page with the sacrifice for value. I did yeah. the same thing as well. It's um it's it's not so much the creatures that have die triggers or you know hit the graveyard or any of that it was actually just more what's the outlet to get rid of stuff because mm-hmm. i want to be yes. i want to try to figure out creative ways to reuse some of these guys and the second piece that i think is going to be very different from you i kind of went with this like angel sub theme oh oh okay be- be- because angels are incredibly powerful yeah and there's some of them that you could do some really disgusting stuff with, but then when people remove it, you just get another copy anyways. And so it makes it even more difficult for people to deal with. And then I guess the last kind of nugget that I put in is I did put in a lot of what Boros does, extra combats. Because I would like to be able to take these big beaters and be able to get in multiple times because this commander seems like one that, you know, you reveal it at the beginning of the game. It's like, huh, I I don't know exactly what you're going to do. And then once you actually start the train, people are like, oh, we got to kill him. Yeah. Like he's, he's twice as hard to deal with because of the fact that if we board wipe, it gets all of that stuff back as a spirit. Exactly. Um, And so, you know, it's just, it, it's almost perpetual. How do we deal with this? So right, right, right. extra combats. Let's get in for extra damage. Like and then I guess like a fourth theme is I do have a kind of a control theme. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I do have a lot of targeted removal. We yeah. have board wipes. We have things to where our commander, you know, uh, special board wipes where your commander gets to live or you get to pick one creature. The rest oh, get sacrificed. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So then it's like we're keeping Hoffrey. We're still getting rid of all our opponents, but we're getting spirits. So that's kind of the angle that I took it. So I think it's interesting because I think part of our strategies are going to kind of mesh. Right. And then the other ones, we're going to be kind of become like ghosts of girlfriends past. Right. right. We're going to kind of get this stuff like sprinkled in like and I think there'll be some cool synergies. Like I like the Marchesa kind of stealing. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting and i have some cards that depending on what you steal could give you really big payoffs nice no that's exciting i can't wait i'm really excited these 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 have been this this these have been my new favorite thing that we've been doing or one of them so i am ready to go okay here we go all right show me the coin show me the coin so we are using the awesome cmd tower coin okay so sitting tight would that be you tuck or that be me no, 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 no. I'm get up and fight all day. Let's go, Red You're get up and fight. All right. So get up and fight. Come on, baby. Oh, oh. And sl- oh, shit. And <laughs> slide. It's sitting tight. Damn it. So it's on me. And I believe this happened last time as well. And Tuck, you get pick number one because I want to pick twice in a row. You want to go twice in a row? Okay, cool. Um, so I also snuck in. I kind of looked at this in the same way as a little bit of a pre-con because I did just do the Boros pre-con. So I kind of put in a couple of things that can kind of be your commander in a bit of a pinch. My first one is another one that got printed right out of Strixhaven. Quintorus Field Historian. Yep. I was going to say, I'm, one guessing, of mine I'm, as guessing, well. I'm guessing you have one. I, is that your first? That's not your first one, is it? No, it was actually okay. my fourth one. Oh, nice. Okay. So uh, we are now, I edited it. So we're good. 
Um, so Quintoris Field Historian is three colorless and Boros for a legendary creature elephant cleric. That's a two four. Spirits you control get plus one plus zero. And then whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard, create a three two red and white spirit creature token. And it's eight and he whatever it is is eight cents. So for me, this deck, this there's an argument to be made that you could also just make him the commander, even though I think that deck doesn't mm -hmm. work quite as well. Um, but it's just it's so much value, right? Buffing your spirits which I think is kind of something that gets underplayed a little bit and looked over. Um, and then also getting your extra value whenever something leaves your battlefield. So pretty much for me, this is just like gravy on top of the gravy on top of what the deck's trying to do. Well, basically what this actually does, uh, Tuck, is with your commander on the battlefield, for every non-token creature you have die, you're going to get two two tokens. You're yeah. going to get a 3-2 red-white exactly. spirit creature token, and you're going to get the whatever the that other. thing yep. was as a spirit. So I, I think it's a slam dunk. I think you have to have this in the deck. I with Hoffrey yeah. as the commander. Uh, now, I'm not going to say other Boros. I, I don't know how this would work in other Boros legends, but Hoffrey specifically, this is an absolute yeah. auto-include. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So that was the one, that was the first thing that came to mind that I really wanted to get in here. All right. Well, my first one, because uh, I wanted to do this early uh, to be able to steal a card from your section. <laughs> okay. it, it's basically our sacrifice package, um, and we'll just say them both, Ashnod's Altar and Phyrexian Altar. Uh, okay, so interesting. I don't think I had either of these. Really? Because yeah, so I'm on. I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing you, and I got some other interesting ones as well. Let go into that. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you guys are not familiar with these two very stapled cards, yeah. Uh, Ashod's Altars, three colorless artifact, sack a creature, add uh, two colorless to your mana pool, and Phyrexian is the same CMC, I believe. Yes. Or is it two? Okay. It's three. Uh, yeah. And it's and it's sacrifice a creature, add a colored mana to your mana pool of any color uh, that you want. So pretty easy here. It's, mm -hmm. you know, oh, you're about to do this thing to my creature. Let me go ahead and sack it, get value. But I think there's an argument to be made to where you could use either of these or both at the same time as kind of this like engine of, okay, you yep. had an ETB effect. We got that. I'm going to sack you, add two mana to my mana pool. I get another copy ETB effect. Let's use this mana to be able to cast this thing for my hand. I'm going to repeat it. And I think it'll give you a lot of repeat ETBs for a lot of stuff that you have. But then for me, I think it's going to protect my board. And helpfully, since we're talking angels on my side, be able to really ramp it quick. Uh, yeah. Because angels are expensive and Boros is not known for the ramp. No, these are they are great inclusions. I just I didn't have room for them. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Tuck. Okay. What is your pick four, or sorry, yeah. What is your pick four and five? So uh, this, the first one is one that I thought of immediately when we saw this because uh, I wish Squee was here because he would love this, but Kami of False Hope is just straight value in this deck. So oh. one white for a creature spirit. It's a one, one. So it's got the synergy and play in there. Sacrifice it, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. So for one white mana, it's you're really controlling the board of how you want it to go, right? Um, you're, hmm. you're preventing combat damage. You're going to bring it back. It is a spirit, so it'll get all the accoutrement that comes yeah. with that, so you can attack into it. And for me, finding these sort of stacks pieces, if you will, or combat controlling pieces on creatures, especially when they're very low CMC, is really going to push the stack and let you dictate the, the pace of the game. Uh, I mean, I'm usually anti-fog, but the fact that I'm all about 
ways to repeat value yeah. and i'm very anti one use value that's why i don't exactly. like traditionally fogs because it's an instant speed it doesn't once and you're finished you're done yeah but like kami of false hope you get technically two um one with the token one with the original copy and uh yeah that's that seems that seems good seems good uh and then the other one i have is it's kind of it's sometimes a little bit of a nombo um, but I put this in here because I think that once they get their command, once people figure out what the rigmarole of your commander is, it's going to get targeted and it is expensive. Yeah. So having some sort of backup redundancy in here, I think is going to be really valuable. So I went with uh, Mothra or Luminous Broodmoth. <laughs> sure. So uh, it's a mythic rare out of Ikoria, which also somehow came out this year, which is kind of insane. Um, wait, no, did it come out last year? I think it came out last year. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyway, yeah, it came it's out in 2020. 2020. Okay. So it's a 3-4 creature insect that's a mythic for about $8 and has flying. And it has whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. So again, it's kind of a little bit, it's got, it gets into like some stupid interactions with your commander, yeah. right? Which I don't necessarily love. Um, but I think because there's so many cards in the deck that care about stuff, dying, coming back from the battlefield, all these sacrifice triggers, having another redundant thing when your commander costs seven, eight, nine, or, or I guess seven or nine, uh, for me is is worth it. Uh, really strong card, especially in a combat-focused deck like this one. Yeah, I think the only issue this card's going to have with the way that we're building it is because I'm doing that angel kind of sub-theme. Oh, a lot of them have do fl have flying. flying. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I guess it's one of those things, if we want to look at it this way, if you're using Mothra as your backup commander and you're casting her instead of Hoffrey, it's probably because Hoffrey's been removed, like you said, a yeah. whole bunch of times. And that's just the trade-off you're going to have to have. If you want to have a redundant effect of what your commander does, maybe part of it doesn't work because it doesn't meet the particular clauses. So yeah. I think it's still a good card. It'll just be one of those, in my mind, it's a extremely late game card that yes. even if you have nothing else to do, you still don't play it if you can play your commander because you don't want it to counterintuitive your other flying creatures. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. So it's on to me for picks six and seven. I, uh, you're gonna you're you're gonna give me crap for it, and that's fine. <laughs> um, but when you're doing angel tribal or sub theme, you kind of have to have an Avison Angel of Hope in the deck. Oh, uh, sure. You just kind of right. have right. to. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Uh, five colorless, uh, white, 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 legendary creature, angel, mythic, it's an 8-8, eight, eight. flying, vigilance, indestructible, other permanents you control have indestructible. Very straightforward, yeah. but the thing I like about Avison being in this deck, it's not so much that she technically would be counterintuitive to your plan, because then stuff can't die, because it's indestructible, but there are ways to give stuff negative counters or negative until end of turn, um, or lose indestructible, destroy, and that's why I want Avacyn in here, because if she so happens to die somehow, your commander's just going to make another Avacyn, and right. you're back to it. And usually when people get rid of Avacyn through a destruction method, they've put a lot of resources into trying to figure out how to do it. And so just for you to get a second copy, I think that's the makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think we want 
the way that we're both building this with like the sacrifice themes is like we want to dictate what creatures are dying, right? Like yes. we want to be able to do it for value. And to your point mm -hmm. with Avacyn, now we don't have to worry about the odd board wipe or blasphemous act or yeah. whatever the case or, you know, uh, yeah, damnation. you can use your Ashnod's altar and Phyrexian altar to like, hey, I still want to get the value of my commander, but Avacyn's here. Okay, I'll sack stuff. I'll, do, yeah, exactly. I'll get a copy anyways. Who cares? Completely, completely agree. So it is, it is a little, it is a little sweaty or no sorry it's a little greasy because but i know you love this card and it does make sense um especially right. with some of the things we'll be talking about later and one of the more boring cards for my last pick is gonna be land tax one yeah. white enchantment mythic at the beginning of your upkeep if the opponent controls more lands than you you may search your library for up to three basics reveal them put them into your hand shuffle your library it's a it's a staple in my mind when it comes to boros because boros yeah. doesn't really ramp it deck thins and this is a deck that you could build it like our Averna one where you went mostly basics. You don't really need. I mean, I guess mm -hmm. Command Tower would be like fine to run in there. But uh, yeah, I think Land Tax makes uh, a lot of sense for a lot of people. It's just, you know, are you going to spend? I think the cheapest one is 30 bucks from the list. Oof. No, 27 Battle Bond. Battle Bond, yeah. I, yep. And that does make sense. And especially when you have a commander that's fought. Like, so if you have a five drop commander in Jund or Simic, or mono green, it doesn't matter as much, right? Mm -hmm. But but the fact that she, that uh, Hoffrey does cast five, you're gonna need that mana. You're gonna need mana to get into those big yep. Avacyn kind of threats. So I agree, definitely need it in there. Wow, we right, got, we've had what we had one match this entire time. That's kind of crazy. I know. Last time it was like left, right, and center. So Tuck, you're on pick seven and pick okay. eight. You're on the clock. So this one is an elemental creature, and you could replace this with an instant or sorcery. But because we're getting the cycle through it. I think Ingetur is going to do a lot of work for this deck. Hmm. So, okay. more colorless and uh, red for a creature elemental. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target artifact. But more importantly, it has evoke, which is just one red. You can cast it for its evoke cost. If you do, you sacrifice when it enters the battlefield. So, when Hoffrey's out, you pretty much just get a two for one, two destroy target artifacts, and then you get left with a three three out of it um, when you just evoke it for one. So, the, I think these evoke cards do a lot of work in this deck, and it's not the last oh, one for that sure. we're going to see in it. So um, the next one I have is a, it's my version in what I want to do when I'm sacrificing creatures is a card called Fanatical Devotion. So this is an old one, two colorless okay. and a uh, white for an enchantment, sack a creature, regenerate target creature. So for me, I like this version of a sack outlet because it's not as oppressive as like a Phyrexian Arena or an, uh, the Ashnod's Altar or Phyrexian Altar or uh, Ashnod's Altar. And this can really protect your commander, which I think we're going to be seeing a lot of a lot of hate towards it. So mm -hmm. free sacrifice outlet, keep your biggest thing, protect your commander. Kind of does everything on the on the nose, and it's a buck seventy out of Nemesis. Yeah, uh, that's a card I have not seen. Really? Okay. Yeah, I've never seen this guy. Uh, it seems good for this deck. I think this is going to be that card that would be, you know, technically card ninety five to one hundred and ten when you're building your deck. Because then I think you have to do a creature count. How many creatures mm. do I have in the deck? Because I feel like this commander, you kind of need it to be creature heavy. So yeah. I would say at least 25 minimum. Oh, for sure. Um, and, you know, if you worked it out, it's like, oh, well, I got like 19, but they're all really good. I don't know if I would run this yeah. just because I may not have like the creatures I need to do the regeneration. Uh, but if you were on 25 plus, which I think you and I are going to get to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely yeah. slam dunk with this commander. Mine are like, I think this is for me, if I'm building this commander focused it's going to be like 35 or 40 like i'm trying mm. to find as much as i possibly can with the commander or with with creatures that have these abilities gotcha all right i am doing pick nine and 
pick 10. They're incredibly boring. We're going to hit them real quick. <laughs> Smothering Tithe, Talisman of Conviction. Uh, okay, I have Talisman of Conviction on mine too. So. Yeah. Uh, so Smothering Tithe, everyone knows it. Three colorless yep. white enchantment. Whenever an opponent would draw a card, they have to pay two colorless. If they don't, you get a treasure token. Treasures tap, sack, add a mana. And then Talisman of Convictions, two colorless. Uh, taps for white or red and deals a point of damage to you. Yep. So y you need the ramp in Boros. Um, that's why I did land tax, Tithe, and Talisman. I might have done one or two other ways to ramp. Because I didn't want to go too ramp heavy, but with your commander being five, you got to get it out quick because yeah. this is the deck that, Tuck, I believe you and I are building it very top down to where if you don't have your commander, yeah. it's like, I mean, we had the backup one with Mothra, but if we just put that in its own like little box, this deck is just a beat face deck, which is just what mm -hmm. Boros does. So yeah. you need to be able to ramp, you need to be able to recover, and I think those uh, three cards that I've talked about and these two rounds and my previous one will get you there. Nice, yeah. Not much else to say about that. They're both great cards. Talisman was on mine. I just refuse to bring up Smothering Tithe or Monologue Taxon today, so. All right, Tuck, you're doing pick 11 and pick 12. Okay. So uh, pick 11 for me is pretty boring. Uh, Sun Titan, I think is, this is a deck that this could actually do some work in. Okay. Um, so four colorless, double double white, six, six, vigilance. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, mirror turn target permanent card with mana three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. I still agree with what we have discussed about Sun Titan in the past, where it's not as exciting as I think people want it to be. Yep. I think we've said that the, this was in what, like our most overplayed cards or something along those lines. Uh-huh. Um, to where it's okay, but the fact that there are a lot of creatures that are going to have that lower CMC, that are going to have that value, um, or you know, if your altars get destroyed, if your fanatical devotion sure. gets destroyed, I think there's a lot of things in that sweet spot, being able to recur Sun Titan so he doesn't even have to attack. Okay. So Sun Titan's another one, Tuck, that I'm going to put that in the box with um, fanatical devotion. I think Sun Titan's going to be one to where once you're at like, card 95 and you've already figured out your lands obviously it's yeah. just like what are the last cards i want to put in here this is one that when you put it in whatever online platform you use you look and see how many three I mean, cmc or have, less yeah. permanents not counting lands uh i hate when people do that because it doesn't count it does technically <laughs> but get out of here um so yeah i think this is definitely one where you're gonna have to figure out did i build the deck where Sun Titan can do something. And yeah. I would say from a numbers game, you probably need at least 15 permanents, CMC three or less, to make it yeah. worth running Sun Titan. Because uh, you don't want it to just be a big beater and that's all well, he does. And a lot of times, better cards for yeah. six mana that are just big beaters. Agreed, and a lot of times people are like, well, you can just fetch every turn. You're like, yeah, but to what end, right? Like yeah. you get your fetch land and then like, that's it, right? You're not drawing <laughs> cards or anything like that. Um, so, so that's, uh, that one's kind of okay. So this one, I'm, this one for me is Ooh. kind of a greasy one, but we talked about how we want, we, we talked about how we want to be able to sacrifice creatures to gain value. So yep. there's a really weird card called relic vile. <laughs> okay. So three colorless for an artifact, right? It's uncommon. It's eight cents for Enzo Zendikar rising, but for two mana and tap it, you can sack a creature and draw a card. So it's a lot of work for it, right? Yeah. A lot of work there. And I think this, to your point, is really going to go down to like, how deep do you want to go for your sacrifice outlets, right? Yeah. There's a lot of free ones out there, but there's not a lot of them that let you draw a card. So for me, this can kind of fix that aspect of it. Um, it's not a card that I'm like 
super hot on, but as soon as I read it, I was like, I can't think of another deck that this would actually do anything in. Uh, yeah. It also says, as long as you control a cleric, it has when a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one See, life. See, that's why I thought you put it in here, is it's kind of like this, like, drain effect, and your, your stuff's... You have a cleric, because your commander is a cleric. Oh, he is a cleric. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> All right. Well, no. Then, then this card. Then this card's amazing. I thought he was a wizard, Harry. No. All right. All right. Take. I take it all back. Uh, this is my number one pick of the round robin. We're trading everyone and drawing cards. Boom. Yeah. Because honestly, I look at this as like, would I pay three mana to just have that? Whenever I creature I control dies, each opponent loses a life and I gain a life. It's like, yeah, I'd probably run that. Yeah, kind of. Stuff yeah. Should be dying. And then just the two tap sack a creature draw card. That's just gravy. All right, it's my number one pick. Adios, Quintris. I need to. I need to learn how to read. I'm supposed to be the legend. I'm supposed to be the literate one here. Uh, oh man, that's uh, that's setting the bar uh, really, really high for me. Because if you're the literate one and I'm below you, God, I'm screwed. It's it's like in that uh, that Family Guy episode where it's like if you notice here, his, Peter's reading lunch reading comprehension is below the line and he goes like don't you mean it's above the line he's like the last time i get recorrected just trust the system all right so for picks 14 and 15 i'm gonna start off with a card that i think is real cute um you're obviously gonna have tokens and my strategy is to make disgusting angel tokens when when you sacrifice them or they die so song of the world soul I think it's just going to be a powerhouse in this deck. Oh, uh, four okay. colorless white, white. It's only 60 cents, so it's cheap. And yes, there are better token producers out there, uh, but we're not we're not talking about that. So enchantment rare whenever you cast a spell populate. The reason I really like this for this deck outside of the obvious populating the tokens that you're making is that it is a little expensive. It is off of cast. And I think this card in a Boros deck with what it's trying to do will slide under the radar mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. cards mm -hmm. like Anointed Procession will be right on everyone's radar. Like, holy crap. Every time he sacks something, he's making two tokens. And then technically only one of them has to die and he gets the thing back from exile to his graveyard and then he could do something else. And he still has one on the battlefield. Like people can get panicked when they see stuff yeah. like that. But it's like, oh, he has to cast a spell. What did he populate once a rotation? Like, that's fine. Yeah. And but for you, you're gonna get so much value off of that. I think this is a good, good card for the for the deck. Yes, and I think also this goes into the same sort of thing of the Sun Titan argument, right? And I think this card gets better if you run that like low CMC spells, if you have those mm -hmm. creatures or something like that that you're gonna be able to cast throughout the game so that you're gonna be able to be able to do this by the time this goes out, maybe once or twice a turn. Yeah. Right. If you're that if you're running sense. that like three or four. So yeah, I'm here, I'm here for it. We talked about this card and we We've talked about this card before, and I think we've tried to figure out what deck it goes in. I think this is probably mm -hmm. a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, now, there, there, like we said, there's better stuff, but, you know, for what it is. Yeah. Um, and then the next one I'm going to add is a pretty token uh, standard, uh, intangible virtue. Yep, it's on, colorless. It's on, my, it's on my bottom half. <laughs> yep. Colorless white enchantment creature tokens you control get plus one, plus one, and have vigilance. Uh, enough said. Yep. It's, uh, it's right, insanely good. Pick 16, pick 17. Okay. All right, so pick 16, uh, this is a one that's a little bit more expensive, but I think this is really, I think this will work in both of our decks very well. Um, one, because it has a built-in sacrifice to it, and two, okay. it's going to be able to let you cheat out those creatures quick. But sneak attack, I oh. think it's really good. I think it's really good. So three colorless and a red for an enchantment. 
for one red mana, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. This creature gains haste and then sacrifice that creature gains haste and then sacrifice it at the beginning of the next so step. Gross. It's $15. It's yeah, it's so bonkers. gross. It's so good. It's so, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. And I think this, I think, I honestly think that this card is a really good bridge between our two. Like you said, the angels cost a little bit mm. more. So being yeah. able to bring them out, my, I didn't go angels, but I do have a lot of things that are very big creatures that have a really big impact and getting two copies, getting one in and then getting one without having to do anything mm -hmm. seems like it's pretty solid. So sneak attack is unreal. Man, that is, oh God, that's so good. Cause you can do so many things with this, whether it's, let me put a bunch of mana. I'm going to, you know, literally you could ramp, get this out, turn three, commander, turn four, turn five, spend f at least three or four red and put out three or four angels, hit someone for a crap ton of damage. And then when you sacrifice them, they just come back as tokens. Oh, that's so nasty. And now they're un untapped so you can block. Yeah, man. And the, and the only th the only thing I will add to is that we both are dealing with creatures, at least for I are like ETB effects, right? You talked about how mm. you had yours. So you don't have to necessarily use this as an offensive card. You can use this sure. to cheat out a blocker and then also have their ETB and then get it again the next turn. Yeah, it's really good. So uh, this one, the next one for me uh, is a good target for sneak attack and a card that I think sees a lot ah. of play in a lot of red decks, Combustible Gear Hulk. Kind of vanilla, but it does a lot for this deck, in my opinion. So four colorless, double red for a 6-6 six, six first strike. When it enters the battlefield, it's a it's a mythic and a construct. When a combustible gear hole enters the battlefield, target opponent may have you draw three cards. If that player doesn't, you mill three cards. Then combustible, combustible gear hole deals damage to that player equal to the mana value of those cards. So the way I look at this, and kind of both of our decks as well, is we do have this like kind of high-end curve. So there's a chance where... They say, no, I don't want it. And then you flip over Avacyn, another angel, yeah. a sudden tight. And you're like, okay, great. You just took 18 or whatever <laughs> it is, right? Or they just draw three cards. And for me, I it's hard. It's harder to do it in this in this colors. But a lot of times it's okay if you put something to the graveyard because you might be able to pull it back at a later time as well. So being I'm able 90, to do this. I'm 90% sure the goad killed me with Combustible Gear Hulk this last weekend. So that's been like two weeks ago. Uh, I was pretty much done. I think it was the last game of the night, and I was like, ah, I'm pretty much dead. I think I was at like 17 life, but I had no yeah. board. Uh, and he played Combustible Gear Hulk, and I was like, F you. Put him in the graveyard. Yeah. And he ended up milling like 20-something damage and killing me. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it could happen when you got that high curve. It's got that value. <sighs> All right. I am doing picks 18 and 19. We're still a little bit on the boring side. But oh, you're re you're really saving it for the end, huh? Uh, but this is a card that I think actually has some fun tech with this deck. We're talking about Underworld Breach. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so colorless red enchantment. It's a rare. Uh, each non-land in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost. Plus exile three other cards from the graveyard. At the beginning of the end step, you sacrifice the breach. I think this is a great way late game if you've kind of gone through all of your yep. stuff and it's like, God, they aren't getting rid of my commander, but they are getting rid of all of my spirits and then the things that come back, uh, you know, the things that they were originally, at least under rule breach, you know, maybe on turn nine or 10, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to play it. I'm going to get my Avacyn back. I'm going to get this back. I'm going to get this yep. back. I'm going to do this. And the fact that it's non-land cards, if you need to cast a removal or I'm just playing this to get access to a board wipe. Okay. Yeah. 
I think we kind of, I, I think you and I both have some egg on our face. Why wasn't this discussed in mono red staples or standards? Uh, cause I, don't I think this card's so good. People love it. I don't know if I would put it in every, I don't know if it's a mono red standard for me. Interesting. Just me. Okay. Just okay. me personally. I, I think I only run the deck and because the issue I have with this card is the exiling the stuff to be able to go get it. It's the whole drawback that red has in its entirety of life. So yeah, just you have to exile something to get value out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. But fair point, fair point. this is a card that people are going to hate when you plop it down uh, with how we're building this. We're putting in Martyr's Bond for uh, colorless white, white enchantment. Whenever Martyr's Bond or another non-land permanent you control is put oh, into a yeah. graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent sacks a permanent that shares a card type with it. Hell yeah. Let's Bonkers. go. <laughs> you get nothing. Um, this this kind of turns... This card is somewhat like a Butcher of Malakir in this deck. Like Butcher of Malakir, a lot of times the rigmarole is I put out Butcher, I start sacking stuff to make you sacrifice stuff. Mm -hmm. Martyr's Bond and the way that we're building this, we're oh. sacking our stuff during the turns. So we can almost turn Martyr's Bond into our own Boros Butcher of Malakir, but it's not just creatures. It's just the permanent. So if you sacrifice a enchantment creature, you have no creatures, but you do have an enchantment, sack that enchantment. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm here, I'm here for it. I saw this on the list and I was like, I think it's too cute. No, but this is actually, this is like a slam dunk. This is like, yeah. this, should, this should be like top five pick for sure. <laughs> All right, Tuck, you're on pick 20 and 21. Okay, so uh, the first one plays into my idea of I'm gonna steal your stuff. And this one is, it's kind of a slimier card, uh, but I think Coercive Recruiter has some wheels in this deck. So it's four colorless and a red for an orc pirate, doesn't matter. Four colorless, or it's a four three. Uh, whenever it or another, whenever it or another pirate enters the battlefield under your control, gain control of target creature until end of turn, untap that creature. Uh, until end of turn against haste and becomes a pirate mission it's other types. The pirate thing is kind of like, it's too greasy. Really sure. what this is, it's five mana. I'm going to steal your creature, the best creature on the board, wherever Wait, it is. Wait, you right? mean it's too sweaty? It's way too sweaty. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I am very hot. So I, I think I've realized why I get, why I always get hot because my computer, its fan is going like crazy. So it's just like turns into this like heat sink and it's literally <laughs> six inches away from me. But anyways, the point is, is for five mana, you just take the best creature on board, right? And then you'll be able to have hopefully your sacrifice abilities, sacrifice it, it goes to the graveyard, it gets exiled, and then you get the spirit token of it as well. Interesting. But when it comes out of exile, it's gonna go back to its owner's graveyard. Owner's graveyard, correct. So, okay. So you're just doing this to get rid of their best thing, put it to the graveyard, and you get a copy of it. Right, exactly. So okay. you pretty much get two, you get, you'll get, the one effect of the best creature, and then if you steal a creature that has the enter the battlefield effects or something along those lines, or something that's static that you want to hold on for a little bit longer, you'll be able to run that back as well, right? It's like a treachery effect on a creature. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, it's, it's very sweaty, because it's basically five mana. I guess you get to do it twice, essentially, right. because you sacrifice the recruiter. Uh, hmm. The reason, so the reason to your point, Mr. Combo, is why I think there's there's a build of this deck where you just go all in on that. The oh, problem okay. is, if you're, so you know what I mean, where it's like yeah. you just turn it into a threatened style deck, and then you're just mm -hmm. getting the value, which is like how some Marquesa builds are. 
the problem is like you've brought up several times is like if you're playing a table that's all playing spell slingers or enchantment yeah. or something and you don't have anything to target you're just like uh all right so i guess it's awesome. just, just to draw cards yeah exactly <laughs> so that's, that's why I only, I, I only have a couple of them in here um and this okay. is the weaker of the two i have all right so then the next pick i have uh is just a straight value train so durger hedge maze is is uh, two colorless and hybrid Boros, so you could pay a red or a white for a dwarf. I guess we're doing dwarf tribal, potentially. Not, no chance. Two, two, it's a dwarf shaman. When it enters the battlefield, if you control two or more mountains, you may destroy target artifact. If it enters the battlefield and you control two or more planes, you may destroy target enchantment. So for me, this is just like yeah. straight gas. Like it's straight yeah. value. You do that, you sacrifice it to gain some mana, it, bring, it comes back out. So in one turn for three mana, you could potentially blow up the two best uh, artifacts and the two best enchantments. Because again, if you're playing a normal mana base, you're going to have those two by the time you cast it. So kind of, kind of meat, kind of meat and potatoes. But I think it's got, a, I think it's got the range. All right. Well, I'm doing pick 22 and 23. And the first one I want to talk about, it's a little, it's weird because this we've talked a lot about tokens. Um, but I wanted to give something to the non-tokens. I don't want it to. I don't want the the user to feel. For the deck to work, I have to sacrifice my stuff to make them tokens or make them spirits to get all these other residual effects. So, Thraben Watcher, I think, is a pretty good include in here. Two colorless, white-white, creature, angel, uncommon, flying, vigilance, other non-token creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and have vigilance. It's a 2-2. Pretty on its face. Uh, not a whole lot there. Um, very much like the... Um, intangible virtue just for non-tokens. Yep. Yeah, you're just covering I like how the, this is like covering both bases, right? Because there's a chance mm -hmm. that like, okay I'm just going to play out all these big beaters. I don't have a way to sacrifice them. No one has a board wipe. So now this is going to get even better and be able to defend myself. So I like yep. it. And it's an angel. There you go. There you go. So the next one we're talking about is a Chroma Vision of Ixidor. Oh god. So Five good. colorless white white legendary creature angel. It's a mythic. It's a 6-6. Six, six. Flying, first strike, vigilance, trample. At the beginning of each combat, until end of turn, each other creature you control gets plus one, plus one if it has flying, plus one, plus one if it has first strike, and so on. And I love how they put so on. I love on. how they say so on. Like, yeah. you get the gist. <laughs> or double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, protection, reach, trample, vigilance, and partner. And this also has partners if partner, you, you did something like that. But I'm thinking, I mean, Hoffrey on its own gives the spirits trample and haste. So that's right. already two additional buffs on top of the buff that Hoffrey gives your stuff. So now all your stuff's getting plus three. That's really good. And I have some other stuff in my combat package that's going to reward keyword soup type cards and spread oh, the love. Okay. So that way you, everything's going to get the buff. So I think a Chroma slam dunk only if you're building the deck how we're talking about, and there's a lot of keywords happening. If you're not doing yeah. a lot of keywords and it's a little bit more bland, then I probably wouldn't go that route. But um, if you are, Chroma's a good card. But like, I think to your point, like Intangible Virtue is like a must run, right? So that's another what? Two? Is Intangible Virtue just Vigilance? So anyways, I think I think this card is going to pay off big time, uh, even for its mana cost, which is quite a bit. Intangible Virtue does give them plus one, plus one, and Vigilance for the token. Vigilance. Okay, so it's like, so that alone gives them plus two, plus two, if it's a token. So, yeah. And I do like how Chroma doesn't just specify token or non-token, which would not make it quite as exciting. Absolutely. All right, Tuck, you're on to pick 24 and 25. Oh. 
Okay, so uh, this one is a card that has locked me out of the game before, so I wanted to include it. Uh, you can suck on that. Scooty Shuffle, so Yosai the Morning Storm. Uh, ah. It's a legendary creature, Dragon Spirit, 5-5 five, five flyer, for four colorless, double white. When it dies, target player skips their next untap step, tap up to five target permanents that player controls. So just being able, like, yeah, it's 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 so so stupid. It's about two dollars. It's so mean. It's so it's so mean. But like, I think I don't I don't like building this as like a straight out stack stack. But this is so much value when you could get it twice, and when it comes back, it's a six six flyer with trample and haste. I mean, mm -hmm. that's so so big with the ability on it too. Yeah, uh, it's great because the other thing I like about this is your commander doesn't do like what Shirai does and it's like end of your turn or end of turn. It's just yeah. it immediately comes back. So you could throw out Yossi or if you have the red counterpart maybe in your list Ooh. Uh, on your opponent's turns, use your sacrifice outlets like, oh, you're about to go off. Let me do this. You know, let me sack Yossi. You don't get to untap. I'm tapping five of your things. I get the token copy. I'm going to do it again. Tap your other five things. Yep. Like, I'm shutting you down, and I am not going to let you win. It's kind of cool, because I think most people would think of this as, like, a reactionary um, right, on right, your right. turn. But I think this is a great rattlesnake card in this yes. deck to have on the table. Abs absolutely. So um, that one's pretty straightforward. Uh, and then I have another one called Rally the Ancestors. So this is X, uh, X white, white. Uh, it's about 47 cents for an instant. Return each creature card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Exile those creatures to the beginning of your next upkeep. Exile Rally the Ancestors. So for me, this card, I think this card normally kind of stinks, to be honest. I don't, I don't really? like the fact that you only get them around one time. Yeah. But in this deck, like we talked about, how we have all these sacrifice effects with our commander so this is like to me like the, a big late game play right like everyone's yeah. kind of out of resources your your graveyard stacked to the to the heavens with all these bangers you play your commander for 10 or i guess it'd be 11 and then the next turn you're like all right everyone's burned their counter spells and removal i'm just gonna get every creature i get back from the graveyard now and then i'm gonna sacrifice them all and get them all back again yeah, well, and the fact that it's instant speed, you could also do this as yes. like a defensive thing. And oh, still, sure. as long as you have your sacrifice outlets, you don't have to worry about them getting exiled because you'll just sacrifice them before you're up. Exactly. So, yeah, good card. All right. This is a card a that Tuck, you and I are obsessed with. Squee McGee is also obsessed with it. Acroma's Will, baby. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> oh Three oh, colorless that's on, white. Yeah, that's, on my, that's on the list. Instant rare. Uh, four bucks now. Um, what? Yeah. Ah! Choose one. If you control your commander and as you cast the spell, you may choose both. Creatures you control gain flying, vigilance, double strike until end of turn. Oh. Creatures you control gain lifelink, indestructible protection from all colors until end of turn. Pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. The only way this deck's going to win, period, is through the red zone. I don't think Hoffrey could go like do the loops that black likes to do with like the draining of life and sacrifice. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's quite there or at least in my head, it's not. So this is going to be the, Oh, I need to win the game. Plop it. Yes, I agree. Um, and I think there's some, there's, there's some builds of this that could go like the perforous impact tremors, but I don't think we're doing enough. I don't think there's enough back and forth for that. Whereas this one, yeah, like we're building it top down with the commander. Let's go. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And so, uh, the next one that I will be picking for pick 27 is 
I'm curious if you'll like it because this is a pet card of mine. It's an there angel. Hasn't been, there hasn't really been any so far that I've been like curious about. Uh, so how about angelic skirmisher? Four colorless white white creature angel four four flyer. At the beginning of each combat, choose first strike, yeah. vigilance, or lifelink. Creatures you control gain that ability until end of turn. I think this is great, especially because we're putting in the other angel that cares about keyword soup. Um, yeah. I've I've used this card a lot to where it's like, okay, I'm gonna give them vigilance on my combat, then everyone else's I'm gonna choose. Is it first strike because your stuff's too big? Do I wanna go lifelink? Yeah. Because you're just gonna hit me with a bunch of tiny stuff and I wanna gain some life. It gives you a lot of flexibility to figure out, are you trying to set up defense? Are you trying to kill? Um, and do you need to maybe replenish that well? I think this makes sense in your build of the deck. I like it in that. Uh, I still don't, I still don't love this card. I don't, I, I can't, I can't give it my full recommendation, but if you're saying I want to go angels, I do think this is really good. All right. Um, and, 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 and you did sell me on the vigilance on your turn, lifelink on all the other turns. Oh, yep. Like that, that's a, that's a really good sell on this one. Yeah. Kind of like my uh, curse of opulence, casting it on yourself, Tuck. Uh -huh. It works. It worked. <laughs> Uh, and then my next one's Boring Lightning Greaves. Two colorless. Yeah. It's an artifact equipped for zero. It gets Shroud and Haste. You got to protect your commander. That's just yep. end of story. So, Tuck, pick 28 yep. and 29. All right. So, you're going to hate this first one. Uh, I'm really excited to see your, the, the color drain out of your face. Uh, this is both a card that I'm interested in, and this is a deck that I think it actually gets some semblance of value out of. Bella Borka. Spectral Surgent. Two colorless and Boros for Legendary Creature, Spirit Soldier, Star 5. Note the mana value of each card oh. as it's put into exile. So you really have to work for it. Its power is equal to the greatest number noted for it this turn. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. So I know you hate this card, but I do like it because it does do the bullshit Boros mono red draw you a card on a creature that could potentially get big sure. and as you're exiling your cards this could get big enough to where it could be your Avacyn 10-5 with Vigilance and all the how, other stuff How much would you it. feel bad if you exiled Avacyn with this card and you couldn't cast uh, it? That would, suck, that would suck pretty bad but <laughs> you, did have a you do have a 10-5 attacker with no evasion or indicate to commander damage. It's, it's extraordinarily cute it's a card. It's like it's like the personification of a me card in this deck. Um, so I will make it. I will make it up for you though. I'll all make right, it up for right. you right. I'll make it up for you right now. What's your um, next one? So I don't. I know we talked about just briefly how we're not trying to do a ton of the ETB dealing damage. Yeah. But Terror of the Peaks does it so you well. Gotta it's, have it. Yeah. It's so it's so good, right? So three colors, double red for a creature dragon flying. Uh, spells your opponent's cast that target Terror of the Peaks costs an additional three life to cast. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to that power's target, equal to that creature's power to any target. So the reason why I like this more than anything is that even if it get, does get destroyed, you get it back. And also the power is so much more value in this deck, in my opinion, than like the two from Perforos, the one from Impact Tremors. This is something that as you go through your sacrifice rolls, it's just going to burn people out so fast. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is better than Perforos in this deck because Perforos and the impact trimmers and things like that, they just care about the mass number of stuff coming in because it's only one damage. 
I like right. this a lot more because your spirits even come in uh, when the original gets exiled as its original power and toughness. A lot of times where it's like yeah. make a copy, it's like, oh, now it's a 2-2 two -two or a 3-3. Three -three. But these get to keep the original. And so now Terror of the Peaks is like, hey, that 8-8 eight -eight came back into play. Boom. Doing that. And and Terror of the Peaks does also see the buff from the commander, too. Nice. Does it not? It yeah. should. Yep. So again, it's, it's, it's like basic. some base level thing. Like yeah, layer seven. Base. I don't know. We we both gave up on our judges training many, many moons ago. All right. I'm on pick 30 and 31. Very boring. So we're going to go very quick. We're going to be adding in Boros Charm and Swords to Plowshares. So both both staples in uh, yeah. Boros. So Swords to Plowshares, guys, just a one white. It's an instant exile target creature. Uh, its controller gains life equal to its toughness. Boros Charm is literally Borhos, so white and red to cast. Yep. It's an instant. It says choose one. I'm doing this from memory. Creatures you control get double strike until end of turn. Creatures you control... No? I know they get indestructible. I know that's one of them. It's not double strike? Or target creature uh, gets double strike until end of turn? Uh, okay, it is target creature. Okay, so you're, target okay, creature. So yeah, so yeah. And then there's something about damage to something. Four, four damage to player Planeswalker. Yeah, you can see how much it gets used. So don't need to go into a, a big diatrod. Boros Charm protects your stuff. Uh, it could also be used as a finisher uh, when one thing gets through and source to plowshares is just your reaction. Yeah. Tuck. Yeah, nothing. Thir can't argue with any of it. 32 and 33. Okay. So uh, the my 32 is kind of a vanilla-ish card that's come up, but I do the way I'm building it is a lot of the creatures are enchantment creatures or artifact creatures and that sort of thing. So reconstruct history, I think, is a really, really efficient kind of way to rebuild your hand. So two colorless, a red, and a white for sorcery. Return up to one target artifact, one target enchantment, one target instant, one target sorcery, and one target planeswalker card. From your graveyard to your hand so Oof, in the right, a lot of stuff yeah so i the one thing i don't like about this build is it's really hard to find planeswalkers that are really good with it um yep. so that one's kind of the stinker of it but the fact that you can pretty much four for one in a deck where things are dying you're you're potentially milling yourself with combustible gear hulk seems like it does a lot of work in boros especially Question. in this kind of build what would happen if you ran a gideon and on your turn it's the human soldier and it dies would it come back as a token Okay, because we actually so there's hold on, because I was wondering hold could on. you could you put the Gideon Planeswalkers hold, in hold here? Hold on, hold hold. Okay, so hold on to that thought because okay. we need to have, we, we will have we will have that same discussion later this very episode. All right. Well, what so is just, your so hold on to that? What's your next pick? Uh, this is one that we've talked about. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, Mister Big Squee has brought it up previously. I think this card is kind of a sleeper one, but Marshall's Anthem. I think can do a fair amount of work in here. So two colorless, two white for an enchantment with multi-kicker for a colorless and a white. You may pay an additional colorless and white any number of times you cast it. So creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And then when it enters the battlefield, return up to X target creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield, where X is the number of time Marshall's Anthem was kicked. So to no one's surprise out there in the multiverse, there's not a whole lot of reanimation spells in white. We've kind of talked about some of them before on 40 Life in the Dash. So not only can this kind of act as a late game reanimator, it also gives a buff to the creatures that are in a deck that's going to live and die in the red zone. I really don't like this card, but I only reason I'm okay with it is because you want to be sacrificing your stuff in this deck. 
And Boros, right. let's be honest, it doesn't have a ton of graveyard recursion. So sometimes you do yep. got to pick the bad ones. And so it's like, if you got to pay six mana to get your Avacyn, that feels nice. But if you end up spending 10 mana to bring back, what would that be, three creatures and they maybe or CMC combined seven, it's like, well, that kind of right. sucked. Um, I wish, here's what I do wish. I wish the creatures you control get plus one, plus one. I wish that got enhanced by the multi-kicker. Then I oh, think the card yeah, would actually be a lot be cool. better. All right. Agreed, agreed across the board. Uh, pick 34 and 35 from me are both going to be boring because we're at the boring section of mine. Oh, Path already? to Exile, generous gift. Um, so Path to Exile, one white instant exile target creature. Uh, its controller can go get a basic land, put it on the battlefield tapped. Generous gift, instant, two colorless white, destroy target permanent. Its controller gets a 3-3 green elephant creature. Absolute flavor fail. Or no, is it beast or is it elephant? Green elephant. Is they it, should have made a white elephant. Is what they should have done. That's the fail. Oh. Wait, is it not a? Is it a green elephant? Yeah, they don't have a white elephant, and that's literally oh, what that's, it is. White elephant gift exchange. That's yeah, that's dumb. But I mean, they can, they're not going to make. Well, actually, you know what? That's even not a good argument because, like, the argument is like, well, they're not going to make a token for this card. Mm -hmm. How many times have we talked about it where it's like there's only tokens for this one card? Right? Yep, exactly. This pisses me off. All right, pisses me right off. What are you going to do for 36 and 37? Okay. So I have another mono white, uh, another mono white uh, sacrifice effect that's for free dealing with creatures. And I need to wait for Scryfall to load because it knows we're recording right now. Okay. So uh, Martyr's Cause is mm. another sacrifice. It's pretty much like the same thing as Fanatical Devotion for me. So two colorless and a white enchantment sacrifice a creature. The next time a source of your choice would be dealt would deal damage to target this turn, prevent that damage. So for me, it, this is mostly just like a free sacrifice outlet for all your creatures. And then if there is like the Blasphemous Acts of the world, or if someone's trying to elect their dominance, your commander, you can protect him from that sort of damage. I just like it because it's an enchantment. It's gonna sit around. It's not near as scary as the altars um, and deals heavily with the creatures. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So this next one, I'm 50-50 on it, but I think this is a, this is like the backup to the backup of your commander. <laughs> So okay, it's it, but it's but it's so low cost. I think it's worth it. So brought back is two white huh. instant. Choose up to two target up to two target permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. Return them to the battlefield tapped. So the way I look at this is kind of like if you have your board, your commander got killed, and you want to get those ETBs, you want those big creatures to lie around. Perfect. Like for two mana, you're gonna get some big swings on it. Mm -hmm. I also kind of look at this as, as like sort of backup. Uh, your backup commander protection as well. If it gets blown up, if it gets destroyed, if it gets targeted, you can bring it back. And then if someone did do the board wipe, you can get something else back as well, depending on how it all works from your graveyard. And this could be a potential combo piece if you do it during your turn, where you have your commander, you have your value things with the ETBs, you sack oh, them, you right. get the spirits, you go ahead, sack the spirits, those things go back to the graveyard, you go ahead and cast oh, brought God. back, they come back, you get to do it again. Yeah. You just, um, cheat the, you just cheat the system. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I I like it. That's that's pretty cool tech. Hey. All right. I am doing pick 38 and 39. 
and I'm still uh, I'm getting kind of out of my boring section. Um, okay. But you know, like I talked about in the beginning, you need you're gonna need interaction uh, with your opponents. You're gonna need ways to board wipe. So austere command just makes sense to have in the yeah, deck. Yeah, it's it's on my list too for so sure. It's four incredible. colorless white white sorcery. Choose to destroy all artifacts. Destroy all enchantments. Destroy all creature CMC three or less, or creature CMC four or greater. I think this is actually, I, I really like the card in general, but I think it's even better for this deck because you could do the CMC four or greater and completely miss on all of your tokens or do it vice versa. I want these tokens to die or these creatures to die. They're all CMC four or greater. Let's do that one. Cause even though it board wipes me, I'm going to get all that value back. And then sure, I'll pick off artifacts or pick off enchantments. Yeah. And I think to your point, the reason why this is also on my list is because normally when you choose one of the destroys, uh, you generally get kind of stuck with the bill in a sense where you're like, oh, I actually wanted my giant monsters, but now you sure. get us both worlds, right? Yep. All right, last one for me, uh, because we are living in the red zone and we want that keyword soup. So we're gonna be throwing in a Chroma's Memorial. Seven colorless legendary <laughs> artifact <laughs> mythic. Creatures you control have flying, Another first strike, vigilance, trample, haste, protection from black, protection from red. Um, this one, the reason I want it is because a lot of my angels do have keywords, but they don't have everything. It's like they'll give them flying and lifelink, but no vigilance or first strike, or they get vigilance, but no haste. Or, you know, there's always just like something missing. Yeah. Uh, usually most of them aren't like Avacyn that have literally everything you could want on there. So doing a Chromus Memorial will kind of help even out the, the angels on my side. But I think Tuck with the cards that you're bringing to the table, this makes your cards infinitely better than what yeah. you had before because now the the creatures that it was like well it had an etb and it was a three three and like that was cool but he can't really do anything for me now it's like oh no he can he can they can swing they have evasion they have protection uh you have trample and there's literally no downside yeah. to swing uh so funny story about this uh this is a this is a great inclusion and also i know this is like an old school pet card of yours mm -hmm. i literally was like okay finally it just got reprinted it's the cheapest ever again i traded for one and i was like Okay, I'm gonna put it in my trade binder. Oh man. Okay. All right, Tuck. Pick 40 and 41. Okay, so my pick uh here is a pretty straightforward one. Also out of Strixhaven, Blade Historian. Uh this card is completely bonkers, and I think it's almost a Boros standard, if not staple. Uh, uh four yep. Boros hybrid hybrid for a human cleric playing into whatever card that was <laughs> that I didn't even realize. Uh, it's a 2-3 attacking creatures you control have double strike. They already have trample and haste and plus one plus one. This is just going to turn them into the beats. The beats. The beats. Uh, so nothing too exciting there. This one is another one you're going to hate, and I think this one's probably too cute for its own good. But Anax, Hardened in the Forge, I think will get some value because of the things that we're doing. I know, I really? can see your face. Really? A colorless red-red for a legendary enchantment creature demigod, which is good for reconstruct history. It's a uh, power is equal to your devotion to red. It's a star three. And then when it or another non-token creature you control dies, create a one, one red satyr creature token with the creature can't block. If the creature had power four or greater, create two of those tokens instead. In my opinion, because we already have all these other token sub themes and things are getting buffed and that sort of thing, you might as well just keep getting more value for the things that you're mm. sacrificing as they're entering and leaving the, leaving the battlefield. So again, not the best pick out there, but I don't know. I think it's, I think it might be cute enough to work. All right. 
Well, my pick 43 and 44. I'm actually going to go because we I only have 11 left and I, I had a bunch of juicy stuff at the end that like could be a little bit boring, but it also could be a lot of fun. So we're going to we're going to start mixing this up. You're going to start seeing a little bit of the flavor that I wanted to throw in here. Okay. So we're, we're going to start with the easiest one. This is a guy. It, he appears in tons of white decks. He's oh. absolutely bananas. Odric, yeah. Lunark, Marshall. So this guy is three colorless white, legendary creature, human soldier. It's a rare. It's a 3-3. Three, three. Wow, you can still get it for only 19 cents. I figured oh, this yeah. thing would be expensive. Um, at the beginning of each combat, creatures you control gain first strike until end of turn if a creature you control has first strike. The same is true for flying, death touch, double strike, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, skulk, trample, vigilance, keyword soup. The angels bring it. Yeah. The memorial brings it. They all bring it. And this is just a way to give some of those maybe ETB creatures that had other value, but maybe not keywords, you know, it makes them feel like they're loved a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I, the only thing I would change about this is that I wish it said and so on, but I guess it got printed <laughs> before that clause. Well, and then the other one, Big Shock, it's his parallel universe twin, oh, Odric Master Tactician. Uh, this one also pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. All right, so this is two colorless white white legendary creature human soldier rare. It's a three four. It has first strike. Hey, keywords, giving it, giving it around. That's good. Uh, whenever Odric Master Tactician and at least three other creatures attack, you choose which creatures block this combat and how those creatures block. Basically, you either go in, I'm yep. gonna kill the things that you don't want me to kill, or I'm going to kill you. We're doing a lot of beats. We're living in the red zone. I think these guys in this deck is a slam dunk. You cannot run it without. Yeah, I agree. Um, any pretty much, would you agree that if you're playing white mono, if you're playing white and you're attacking the master technicians, like a slam dunk, right? I mean, it should be absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. Tuck, 44 and 45. I got, so I got, I got a dumb one. Uh, these ones will be quick. Uh, most people hate this card. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think burnish heart. This deck actually is really good. <laughs> so. I know you're upset. I know, and we all agree no. this card is stupid. No, I like the card. Squeeze thinks it's a bad card. Okay, I'm like 50-50, but okay, so three colorless for an artifact creature elk, relevant. Uh, three, sack it, search library for up to two basic lands, put them on the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. So the reason why I chose this is because this card goes bonkers in my Marquesa deck. I've actually failed to find because I found all of my non <laughs> all of my basics. And in That's here, funny. it plays in everything that we're trying to do. So um that one's pretty straightforward and then my next pick is just another varietal of the fourth theme or however deep you want to go zealous conscripts same mm. idea four colorless and a red for a creature human warrior three three with haste when it enters the battlefield gain control of target permanent until end of turn untap that permanent gains haste until end of turn so again you kind of like steal a creature sack it do your thing get your value out of it sure so, kind of this kind of the same sort of thing as before and this is why we're getting down to the wire the wire. All right. Well, I'm doing picks 46 and 47. So for my next one, uh, this is a card. It kind of is going to go into that extra combat that we talked about. And this is a card that's pretty vulnerable, but I really like it because you'll actually be able to do three combats in a row with it if people do it right. So combat yeah. celebrant. Two colorless red creature, human warrior mythic. It's a four one. Tuck, did you know this is like $12? I think it's because of Nah Najila, because it's a warrior. That's the only reason why. And it goes like I think it like goes insane with her. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, if Combat Celebrant hasn't been exerted this turn, you may exert it as it attacks. When you do, untap all other creatures you control, and after this phase, there's additional combat phase. So just the rigmarole is that it only has one toughness. You tap it, you've exerted. People usually, if they're smart, will kill it. Like, uh, even if right. I have to trade, at least you don't have this two turns from now. But with Hoffrey, you'll have that extra combat. Boom, you're making a token. It has haste. You swing again. You exert it again. You get another combat. You do it a third time. It's just glorious. Yeah. I like. I actually like that a lot. That's a, that's a great pick. Great pick. So the next one I want to talk about, it's, it's a pretty cool card. Um... It's one that I hadn't seen before, and it's a very simple card. So no one's going to be like that scared, but I think Relentless Assault might Ooh, fit sure. in the deck. So two colorless red red sorcery, untap all creatures that attack this turn. After this main phase, there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. Pretty simple, just another extra turn. Yep. Uh, if you want to get the Portal 3 Kingdoms copy, you can spend close to $70, <laughs> or you just spend 70 cents for the one in Commander Legends. Uh, I do like the artwork of the old one where it's just a bunch of guys hitting another dude with a stick. Uh, <laughs> definitely definitely doesn't feel right. But hey, what are you going to do? All right. And Tuck, you're on to 48 and 49. Okay. This is the one that I told you I think it's going to get a little complicated. Okay. Cursed Mirror. I know you don't like this card, but hear me out. Two colorless and a red for an artifact where you can tap and add a red. As it enters the battlefield, may have a copy of any creature. You may have it become a copy of any creature on the battlefield and until end of turn, except it has haste. So the way this works is that you copy it, you you get the ETB trigger on it, then you can sack it to something else, then it exiles out of your graveyard, and you also get a copy of something, <laughs> get a copy of the creature again. So two ETB effects minimum, or two best varietals of the creatures on the battlefield. I think this card's really good. I know you hate it and everything about it because I can see the disgust in your face. Are you sure that's the way it works? Because I would think once it yes. leaves the main, I, I think once it dies, well, I guess then it dies and then so you that's exile. A, that's a trigger because oh. it dies. Yes. So I looked it up. It works. So complicated. It, uh, it works. It's, but that's why I like it because it's overly complicated. <laughs> um, and then my next one, I just had to bring this up to rub it in your face. The only planeswalker in the deck, Chandra Torture Defiance. I hate you so much. Go to hell. <laughs> two colors, two red for legendary planeswalker Chandra. With loyalty four, plus one X to the top card of the library. You may cast that card. If you don't, it deals two damage to each opponent. Plus one at two red, minus three. Uh, Chandra, what do we call this? This is like the new Chandra, right? Instead of lightning bolt. Yeah. Chandra someone with four damage. Yep. Minus seven, you get an emblem with every cast a spell. It deals five damage to any target. I couldn't help myself. It was fresh you up could things. Have. You could have. You could have and you I didn't. I could have. I could have and I didn't. All right. Well, I'm doing pick 50 and 51. And I got one of my last extra combat cards. And this is a Ooh, card, okay. once again, hadn't heard of it. Uh, I like it because you basically get to do it twice. World at War. Three oh, colorless God, red yeah. red sorcery. After the first post-combat main phase this turn, there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. At the beginning of that combat, untap all creatures that attack this turn. The reason I like this, though, is it has rebound. So as you cast yep. it, if it came from your hand, you exile it as it resolves. At the beginning of your next upkeep, you may cast it from exile without paying its mana cost. So five mana, basically you're paying two and a half mana for each extra combat. I think that fits great. Yeah, uh, I think it's really good. Uh, this card also is $9. I think it's worth every penny, especially in a deck like this. Yep, could not agree more. All right, we're on to my last extra combat card. 
Ooh. So this is one that when I got previewed, I got real excited and I have spent little to zero energy trying to figure out how to break it. Morrog <laughs> Fury of Akum. Four colorless red red, oh, legendary sure. creature, Minotaur warrior, mythic. Uh, each creature you control gets plus one, plus zero oh for each time it has attacked this turn. It's a 6-6, six, six, and it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if it's your main phase, there's an additional combat phase after this phase. At the beginning of that combat, untap all creatures you control. So, the way that you should be able to do this, you do your first combat, second main phase, you play your land for turn, now you have an additional combat, but with your burner shards of the world, and then you get the, the spirit sure. copy, you could sacrifice that one. You could potentially set up to have four, five, six, seven extra combat phases, and those creatures are now getting plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four, and they're getting humongous. It's bon yeah, it, it, this, I've, every time I've seen this card cast, it's pretty much like a kill on sight or you lose. Yep. It's so, 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 so strong. Well, we're at the last <laughs> 10 cards to pick. And it's lightning round time. So Woo! the way that this is going to go is just uh, down the line. Tuck picks, I pick, tuck picks, I pick. Uh, we do that all the way till we have our 64th card. So Big Tuck, start it off. Uh, this is going to be... Quick and painless, because this is where I start getting bored. Anointed, or this is where I start getting bored in the list. Anointed Procession. Do uh, double the amount of. T it's three colorless and a white for an enchantment. If it would create one or more tokens, you could wait to set many instead. Uh, I like your uh, Soul of the World Soul much better than this. So, but if you have one lying around for twenty eight dollars, put it in the deck. Good lord. All right. It's well, absurd. For the 53rd pick, <laughs> this is one. It's a pet card of mine, but I like it. I like it in any deck that can run white. And only one other color. Um, <laughs> what? Are you okay? I, saw, I, saw, I just saw, I saw you paste it in the sheet and just started laughing because it's such a you car. Amiria Shepherd, five colorless white white oh creature angel, rare four four <laughs> flying. It's not my fault. Like I'm doing sub angels and I play all the good angels in real life. It's not my fault. Uh, landfall. <laughs> Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may return target non-land permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. If that land is a plains, you may return that non-land permanent card to the battlefield instead. So I think this is the kind of card, and Tuck, you've seen me play this, and you've seen how it warps yep. games. Um, it's absolutely backbreaking. Uh, people really don't know how to deal yep. with it. And so I like it for this because you do your rigmaroles. Eventually, you would like to try to get that stuff to reuse it out of the graveyard and continue the rigmarole. Amiria Shepherd will let you do that, and then even when people want to get rid of her, you're just going to get another token copy, and then you get to repeat the process. So yeah, yeah, I it's it's I didn't mean to completely spit out my beer over that, but it is funny. <laughs> All right, Tuck, fifty fourth pick, so go. Uh, easy gamble. Let's go. One one red for a sorcery. Search the library for a card. Put it in your hand. Discard a card at random. The shuffle. Uh, here's the thing for me. If you disc there, the way we're building this, we also have recursion from our graveyard. So if you discard a big bomb when you cast this, guess yeah. what? You're just gonna get it back later. So for me, pretty straightforward tutor, pretty easy at any point of the game with this build. All right. Uh, next two, Tuck's gonna hate so much, but that's all right because that's or next one uh, because I'm here to ruin his day. We're talking about your boy, Dockside Extortionist. Uh, yeah, absolute yeah, yeah, yeah. slam dunk. It even has your ETB yeah, really thing good. you want. 
So yeah, I know. <laughs> I, this was in the top. This was in the top cards on EDH Rec when I was looking at uh, it. it colorless like red creature goblin pirate. When Dockside enters the battlefield, create X treasure tokens for X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponent's control. That's that's it, and it's a one two. So. It's abs- absolutely absolutely insane, absolutely insane in this deck, absolutely insane in every deck that runs it. Uh, and yes, you're correct. I hate it. <laughs> All right, Tuck, fifty sixth pick, go. Okay, uh, another. This is where the enter the battlefield stuff starts kind of losing its luster. But Cavalier of Flame, uh, interesting one here. So two colorless and triple red for six five elemental knight. A colorless and red creatures control gain plus one plus plus one plus zero and gain haste until end of turn. Cherry on the top. When it enters the battlefield, oh. discard any number of cards and draw that many cards. When it dies, it deals X damage and uh, to each opponent and each planeswalker they control, where X is the number of land cards in your graveyard. So pitch a bunch of lands, draw it, it kill it, deals a bunch of damage, comes back, rinse and repeat there. Uh, if you have mana left over, you can always pump up your boys. Makes a lot of sense. Yep. All right. Pick 57. I'm... I'm 50-50 on this card, but I think it's good enough oh to put in the deck. Uh, Angel of the Dire Hour. So this is five colorless, white, white, creature, angel, five, four. It has flash, flying. When it ETBs, if you cast it from your yeah. hand, exile all attacking creatures. So, But here's the thing, though. It's still a five, four beater. And so look at it this way. We put, there's other things that we've done that can, you know, you had your one that you could sacrifice, prevent the combat damage that turn. I like the exile all attacking creatures. Like we've seen how powerful it is when there's a mass exile effect on the board. You've seen it mm-hmm. when I do it with my Atraxa deck. So I don't think it's anything to sleep on. And instead of just straight doing, I think it's six mana to where you just exile all creatures. Um, I thought this would be better. Pay one extra mana and you get a beater out of it. And then, yeah, when it comes back, you're not going to be able to do anything with it. But we just did talk about Amiria Shepard. You could play a mountain, put her back to hand, and do it again. Uh, and if you're running, if you're if you're sticking with the theme that you're going with, this just replaces your board wipe. So I can I I I don't love it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Well, and I will say this, Tuck, because of the fact that I had so many cards left over, I've actually left out board wipes that I had picked to put yeah. that in. So yeah, literally what you said is what I did. Fair, All right, fair enough. I, I respect that. Pick 58. Uh, so, Triplicate Titan, fresh off the presses. Ah. I think this card is incredible. Nine colorless for an artifact creature golem. It's a 9-9 flying vigilance trample. When it dies, you create a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature with flying, a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature with vigilance, a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature with token of trample. You do your rolls with uh, sneak attack or however else you cheat this card out. You sacrifice it, it completely replaces itself, it comes back as a 10-10 that also has, well, I guess it already has Trample, but it also has Haste. Then you sack it again, and you completely refill your board with just a whole buttload of low-to-the-ground creatures. So, pretty straightforward for me. I think this card's really good. Uh, Don't sleep on it. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. All right, pick 59 for me is going to be Slash the Ranks. Three colorless, white, white, Ooh. sorcery, destroy all creatures and planeswalkers except for commanders. Pretty self-explanatory. You have your commander out. You completely board wipe. You didn't lose anything because everything's going to come back as a spirit. Yeah, this card's bonkers for 68 cents. Uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here for a big time. All right, Tuck. Big, big time. Pick 60. So we have gone back and forth with this card. But again, if you can cheat it out, that's great. Zatalpa, Primal Dawn. Six colorless, double white for a four-eight legendary creature, Elder Dinosaur, flying, double strike, vigilance, trample, indestructible. Keyword soup. Even if it gets killed, you get another copy of it that has haste. 
Uh, Got to be a way to close out the game, especially if you can cheat it out with the sneak attacks of the world. Pretty straightforward from there. Yeah, I mean, and I love that <laughs> with those other guys, you know, that keyword soup, just spreading mm-hmm. the love, baby, spreading the love. Well, hey, here's the thing. You talked about an elder dinosaur. Now I want to talk about an elder dinosaur. <laughs> so I think a Tali Primal Storm yeah. is amazing for this deck. It's really good. Uh, it's really good. It's four colorless, red, red, legendary creature, elder dinosaur, 6-6. Six, six. Whenever it attacks, exile the top card of each player's library. You may cast any number of spells uh, from those cards without paying their mana costs. The big reason I think, I mean, this is an amazing card. It warps games every time it hits the table. But the big negative is it has no evasion and has no protection. Your commander literally has protection built onto the body. So people then have to start. It's it's that mind game of uh, do I have to burn a artifact removal to get rid of lightning greaves or swift boots, then use my murder Mm. to get rid of the creature? Like, do I want to put in two resources to get rid of this one thing? Or do I want to maybe have someone else deal with it? Or maybe I just try to block it or something. So I I think it'll definitely give your uh, opponents a funny stomach. Take it. All right. All right. My my second to last one. I see your uh, land tax and a raise you in our chaos Chaomancer's <laughs> map. Two colors and a white. For an artifact, as enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two plain base, basic plane cards. Great with the Mirror Shepherd. Whenever you have it, uh, and then whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, you can put a land card from your hand on the battlefield. Uh, Mr. Combo has not seen this card in action. This card is completely bonkers, especially because you get the two planes for your favorite Amira Shepard. Okay, all right. You get, <laughs> you get, you gave me the I'm shaking dice signature, yes. which I could or, very well or shake weight or shake weight. Yeah, shake weight. There you go. Good. All right, last card. I still got a lot of cards on this list that I wanted I too. to talk about, but I think I'm going to stick. Okay, we're in Boros. It's it's a little boring. Gosh, this is hard. Um, okay, I got it, guys. I'm take going your time because my my last one is literally going to take us less than five, less than thirty seconds. I'm going to go with this because the drawback of it works very well with this deck. We're going to say for Mister Combo Number Five's sixty third card, Eldrazi Monument. Five colorless artifact. Yeah, yeah. Creatures you control get yeah. plus one, plus one, have flying and indestructible. At the beginning of your upkeep, sack a creature. If you can't, sack the monument. You're okay with sacking stuff. Your stuff's indestructible, so it'll be harder in that rotation for someone to board wipe and get rid of your commander. So this just 100% lets you rain unholy hell. And normally, the negative is to sack creatures. So you have to have something that makes a token each upkeep, so you have something to sack to it. I don't care. Yep. I don't want any token producers. Let me sack my other stuff so I can get that repeated value. And the stuff will have haste, so you don't even have to do the mind game of, well, if I sack this and make a spirit, it'll have summoning sickness, so I can't do it. You don't even have to worry about it. But it even, and to your point, it doesn't even matter because you're going to have a spirit token to sacrifice of whatever the worst, whatever your worst, whatever your worst creature is. Mm-hmm. You have a copy of it that you can just throw away for nothing, right? Yep. Completely right. So, well, Tuck, you're at the end, bro. Uh, what what do you what do you got for us? What's the final card for this deck? I think he's waiting for the beat to drop. Solemn simulacrum pass. That's it. I'm not gonna read the card. So upset. Solemn simulacrum. Four colorless. <laughs> it's a two-two. Ooh. When it dies, you draw a card. When it ETBs, you get a basic lane on the battlefield tapped. We all know it, and it, it is a good card for this deck. So. 
All it's right. a great card for the deck. <laughs> well, that is the end of our draft, guys. And as promised, we do have some details about our giveaway. Uh, we're giving away a box of Zendikar Rising, a, a playmat, and sleeves, so that way you could do your own at-home draft. To enter, it's super easy. Just promote the content we put out, join our Patreon community, share uh, our tweets and whatevers. You get an entry for everything that you do with us out there on the social media. We'll announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News October 6th and social media soon after. And we will do these giveaways every month. It just kind of depends on what the crew can come up with for you. We would love a five-star uh, review. We would love a like, follow, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening or watching us on. Um, and if you'd like to get a hold of us, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Comet number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach you? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at BigTuckTweeting.com. I think I actually posted an original tweet today. Whoa. Speak. I know. I can't, I can't believe it myself. And then you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, you can go to the website where we'll have the draft list posted and article and accompanying YouTube video and everything at CMDTower.com slash BNBE106. Squeamy Gee, if people want to find and get a hold of your main lift commentary, how would they do that? He can do everything you need from an audio perspective. Does have a full studio. He can work with you remotely. He can work with you in person. Definitely hit him up. You could also support us by heading over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have all the different tiers like we talked about where we give shout outs on bruise and builds. You can enter in your decks into deck therapy. You could battle us and in, in, in within our Discord. You could chat with legends like Spencer and Chuck the Slice and Lemony Lennings and Hamburger Demon Poop and just Jester Vest. I mean, the list goes on and on. We have a lot of great people that are a part of our community, so you definitely should join. Plus, depending on the tier, you get actual CMD Tower merchandise, so that's pretty sweet. Now, if you guys can't do a monthly subscription, but you would like to get a hold of our products, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we do sell all of our own branded products on there, so definitely go uh, buy some of that, because there's a redacted bit that I'm legally obligated not to talk about. Now, if you are a current patron and you'd like to refer someone to the community, that's fine. When they join Patreon, have them shoot us a message. And we're happy to send you, depending on what tier they signed up on, a little thank you. It could be something real simple, like a picture of, I don't know, Big Tuck right before he shaved his head. Those are great pictures. The rhino horn. Uh, or it could all the way up to be actual merch. It just depends on what tier your friend or frenemy set up. So Big Tuck, Hoffrey the Chaos Draft. We did a Verna. Hoffrey's here. How do you feel about Hoffrey? I mean, do you even want to build this deck? If I hadn't just built my actual Boros deck I wanted to play with Alibu, I would build this in a heartbeat. Really? But, oh, I think it's great. I think it's fun. I think it's, I like the fact that it's got the interaction to it. Um, it's a very top-down commander, which we like. I think this. I think. I think that Wizards has finally done a good job of giving us Boros Commander options that are not just. Mm. I mean, to some extent, this is in fact playing dumb shit and then just attacking. Yeah. But at least you have, you can have a little bit more interaction with it, right? And as a previous gift that you gave me, a Marquesa of the Black Rose is definitely one of my pet decks. It'd be fun to do that sort of shenanigans in a different color scheme. Yeah. No. That that makes scheme. a ton of sense. I. What do you think? What do you think about this I, for I'm Boros? Very... I know you're. I know you're kind of. Yeah. I know you're kind of eyeballing a new Boros deck a little bit. Yeah, feathers, feathers a little boring. I, I really do like this. It's it's interesting. It gives you some different like 
I like decks where you could challenge your mind, but it doesn't break your mind. And I think this is one of those decks to where you could play it completely sober, first game of the day, you're completely fresh, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this line to this line to this line, and I'm gonna do this, yep. and I'm gonna do this on your turn. Like, you could do a lot of fun stuff that way, or you could play it when it's 2 a.m., maybe uh, you're a fifth of scotch deep, and it's like, sure. I just I just wanna swing, I want stuff to die. Oh, it died, I get spirits. Hopefully I remember the triggers. Um, so I think there's, I think this deck is definitely one of those 75% builds where you can you can sit down at a table with a build and it could either be super oppressive or really good or it could just be a hey whatever we're playing at the table that's what I'm gonna kind of play um, so I like it it's it's one I'm interested yeah. in if we hadn't just put all these expensive ass cards in there I'd probably build it but uh, <laughs> since, we, since we are building this IRL uh, we definitely left uh, put in some bangers well I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. It's something that me and Tuck were talking about last night, and we really enjoy the freshness that we're bringing Brews and Builds in Season 3. So please make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Let us know if you like it as well. If you're a part of our Discord community, make sure you let us know uh, in the Brews and Builds chat. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what the community votes on next month. Boros! <laughs> Sucks. <laughs>